this is this is the Chevy, right? That white Chevy you've been driving? Okay. We'll talk more about that in a sec. Okay. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today for this very special edition of the Nerdstorm Podcast. My name is Kyle. I am the host, and you can follow me at NSPodcast underscore Kyle on Twitter. Joining me today is... David Sawyer. You can follow me at Grape as a Concept on Twitter. And my name is Hayden Smith. You can follow me at uh, NSPodcast underscore HeyHo on uh, Twitter. <laughs> I just love that name. <laughs> you can follow me at on keyboard on Twitter.com. <laughs> um, so the Nerdstorm Podcast is a few friends joining together to talk about as much geeky nerdum as we can and have fun doing it. Uh, welcome to our raid. So as the host, what brings me here, we're podcasting out of um, Utah. I've been in the video game world for 10, 10 plus years as far as dealing with it hands-on. Um, been playing video games forever, it seems. I uh, love video games, love comic books, anything that's got nerd behind its name, I absolutely love. Huge fan of Batman, love anything Batman. Um, don't start with me. <laughs> Batman is amazing, will always be amazing. He trumps all, that's all that matters. <laughs> Um, but yeah, love geeky nerdum stuff. Um, huge World of Warcraft avid player. You'll hear a lot about that in this podcast for sure. Um, lots about video games, movies, anything that's popular culture we will talk about. Um, David, what about you? So I'm like two grew up in Utah. I've been into video games since I was born. Um, Worked in the video game retail for a while. I've since transitioned out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, kind of always been into that to a more or less degree. And I've got, I don't know, played more games than most. Yeah, that's pretty much me. Hayden, how'd you get here? So uh, I ended up in uh, Utah, actually coming from Oregon. I'm studying uh, video game production over at the University of Utah. I'm in the master's program, so that's a blast. So I'm actually learning how to make games, and hopefully I'll be in the video game industry in the future. So that's what brings me here. And uh, as far as what I like to play, I love RPGs mostly. Mostly a console player, just now getting into the PC stuff. So, uh, And I'm the youngest of the three here today, so I'm probably the furthest away from like 80s references and junk. But I try. <laughs> I very, very much go right over. So his head. How old are you? Yeah, I'm. Well, I yeah, I'm 23. So Kyle is 31. I'm 31. Yeah, so <laughs> nearly a decade difference. It's okay. We still love you, Hayden. It's all right. Thank you, guys. Love you too. Um. So, what have you guys been up to these last couple weeks? You want to start with me? Yeah. Okay. So, well, I've been. So I've. Started trying to get into uh, Hearthstone. Um, I've been terrible at that. I needed something to do with my job, so I've been kind of dabbling in that. I realized, like, okay, I'm terrible at this as it stands. So I dabbled like the decided, okay, well, I'll start with like the the story expansions, get Karazhan and Blackrock Depths, and uh, the third one that I can't think of the name of Explorers League. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, the League of Explorers. Yeah. Which that was probably my favorite and the one that I haven't touched because I, I touched it but like not to the degree the other ones. Well, the other ones had humor, but I always thought that the Leo Explorers they just like that's all they did was jam pack as much 
Yeah, like there's much of the funny as they possibly could. Yeah, and that's kind of like so the other ones. Like I play without like headphones in or any sound on because I'm in an industrial environment, very noisy. So I just I'll listen to a podcast at work while I'm playing that. But with League of Explorer, like when I do those fights, like I I, I gotta have those plugged in to hear them for some whatever reason. But anyway, the idea being like I'll learn some cards here and try to get better at this. So I was doing with that. Um, we started like as a we play on Xbox Live most nights. Well, not most nights, but a couple times a week. And first, kind of circle of friends will do kind of whatever game. We, we so want. this is this is Ark Survival that you're talking about, right? Well, now, what right? I mean, is I'm, I'm leading into that. Okay, God, okay. don't rush me. Spoil the ending. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, like we played things on Xbox Live, which we're kind of based on our console operations. But we've done Destiny, we've done Overwatch. Probably go back to Overwatch, but we've been dabbling Ark recently to try to try our hands at that, and uh, so that's been amazing. Because how does an unfinished product play? Garbage is actually the exactly the most amazing descriptive word. Like it's it's real weird. Like it's not like you want to describe it like okay, this is like Minecraft but with dinosaurs, but that's just not quite it. Like that just. I mean, I understand the concept behind it. You know, like you're you're essentially helping these developers make their game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a great way of helping developers that you're a fan of mm-hmm. get their products, you know, off the ground floor. My only problem with it is, is people buy these games like super early, mm-hmm. and they don't realize that there's going to be problems or glitches and issues, mm-hmm. and then they complain about it or have problems with it, or they're just bored of it by the time the game finally is like full fleshed out and ready to go. Yeah, that's kind of that's the thing. Like, you know, they have like the WoW uh, beta test and whatnot. Mm-hmm. For, like, and I got into so the first game that I ever like did that with was uh, like Lego Universe that MMO that came out forever ago. Yeah, And I played through like the starting, like, I played that just like nonstop while it was uh, our development. When the game actually launched, I I didn't want to play a second of it. Yeah. I just kind of poisoned that well for my own myself, and I just... I've been pretty careful of that ever since. But with, like, Ark being, like, its own kind of, like... You know, it... When I was looking at it, it felt more like, okay, this is, like, Minecraft. Like, oh, this is endless fun, right? But anyway, like, we got... Um... Four or five of us in there one night? Five. I think yeah. That's the most that we've had. Just, I don't know, like, the... Just the freaking interface for that game. Understanding anything in there is kind of a chore. Like, how do I, like, hosting a game, like, what's the difference between a dedicated and non-dedicated server? It's just very much, it's very PC-oriented, and there's not a lot of explanation given as to what what you're trying to do there. It's like, we, like do they have a development time on it? Like, are they getting close to being, like, released? No, or? Yeah, but they have released DLC. <laughs> Wait, it's still in beta and it's still DLC for yes, it? Not beta. No. This is early access. Oh. Beta beta implies some kind of milestone. <laughs> well, I mean the game is what, it's thirty bucks typically. Uh, it was, it yeah. was going for forty when oh, I okay. when I bought it. Um like they had a sale recently where they dropped it out at twenty. Yeah. I believe the reason for that sale has been that they released this new downloadable content thing and it's twenty bucks. Uh, okay. And like that's kind of been a, a real issue with their forums on like I don't know the PC side. I haven't I don't really look at that stuff, but I, I Well I mean like it's so basically like, yeah, they've got a, an unfinished product that has many, many issues, especially on the consoles. And they're already releasing DLC for a game that 
doesn't. It's still a little broken. Yeah, but little is not well, the correct term. I would, I'm, I'm just trying to be nice. <laughs> I, I, I'd be nice, but it's not. This is not a good move. Yeah. But anyway. So what? What's the driving force for you guys to keep playing this then? I, I know you guys well, play like, pretty you know, consistently right now. We're still kind of. Dry, I don't know, I'm trying to find the. Really trying to find the fun there, I guess. But like the idea is like, okay, we're you know, you're starting from nothing. I'm a dirt farmer. Run up my hands, pick pick some weeds for a while, then I go punch a tree for a while until I can craft a pickaxe, and then I'll use that to craft an axe. Now I can really chop trees. But like, according to our resident arc master, things get a lot more fun, and we're just not to that part yet. It, like it you, takes a couple more levels, and like you, as you level up, like you get okay. Here's some engram points. You can use those engram points too. Um, but you decide like what are the patterns you're going to be able to build going forward. Okay. And so it's like, okay, well, do you want to build a pickaxe and just a spear, or do you want some clothes? Because like you, okay, well, you're getting cold, and you know that's going to be an issue. There's all kinds of fun meters to try to manage there. You get hungry just constantly if you don't adjust that stupid slider. But it's like it's interesting in the way of like, okay, first off, you're just trying to survive and get that out of control, and then. As you progress forward, you're trying to go for the more luxury items. I guess if you want to call them that. It's but, survival Minecraft with dinosaurs. Yeah, but at the same time, it's not necessarily... I love, When I was playing by myself, because I, I kind of loaded up my own map, like... Things move very slow. Like, it's glacial pace. I mean, you... Not a lot of action. Like, you know, Minecraft, you yeah. carve out a house, and that takes you, you know, maybe less than 15 minutes. Maybe five. It depends how good you are at that. What you, you know, want to, what kind of hole you decide you want to live in. <laughs> but with this, it's like, you know, you need to craft, a, you know, walls and, okay, you have a foundation to attach walls to, and you need a ceiling, and you need doorways, and you need doors. Doorways and doors are different things, and so is the ceiling, so is the floor. They're not the same thing. So you have to learn, you know, every separate pattern there, and then go collect those resources. It's like we, I built a thatch house. It was just a you know three three by three square that was uh it had it was two walls high and it had a ceiling and that took multiple play sessions of more than you know four to six hours each but yeah like we <laughs> that you know we got into uh, anyway got into with, with a bunch of friends and trying this out and, like we we get together and, like as a community we can gather a lot more resources but it's just kind of like we we just big experiment like turning up sliders and stuff to so kind of like okay here's an XP multiplier here's mm-hmm. a you're harvesting more stuff here's like things to kind of speed that experience along because as it stands like, as a player versus environment game right now it's just not fun it's so grindy yeah. to get anything done and yeah. even stay alive like it's hard enough to progress while you're trying to stay alive mm-hmm. so that's what we've been playing with is yeah. making it less grindy we've got we've built a new settlement we've got like one building that's built and the new house that's going up and then like we got a raft now but yeah like it's i don't know like it's still and we're still trying to figure that game out and see if it's gonna be fun like we hope so but bang lots of effort and work that needs to go on behind yeah, it. yeah. well i mean i guess the bonus is at least the developers were kind of upfront and didn't just release a broken game yeah they're like oh we're still developing this game but you can pay for it now and help yeah. us develop it under other than other than games like you know Destiny or Diablo or Battlefield 4. I guess my closing thought on that would be like, you know, when you you get into those things where it's like, 
okay, you're helping us kind of finish this game. Like what what I think that game should be and what I'm looking for in that game is seems to be very different from what they're trying to build that game to be. Okay. And that can I think that has been a major source of frustration for all of us. But anyway. Hey, what have you been doing? Oh, um, so I've been playing Ark with you and the friends. Wow. That's been a blast. You've had abomination running around chasing <laughs> birds. <laughs> yeah, the character creation in that game is, is amazing. I had a nightmare <laughs> about your character. Like I like I was in this classroom and like there was like this movie star there. He's like, yeah, he's right over there. It's like it is a, a tiny like baby. But he had the face, like that gigantic face of your character. <laughs> of, uh, and it was speaking. Uh, this is Tootsie, right? Tootsie, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Tootsie is a character that was made with elephantitis in mind. Yeah. Elephantitis <laughs> of the neck and shoulders, specifically. Yeah. Every other part of him is a midget Tiny arms, yeah. But. Tiny shoulders, just. just Weird-looking man. And it's fun to see him chasing. I noticed that Hayden is a fan of making weird stuff, like his character on World of Warcraft, Diabetes. Diabetes. Diabetes, <laughs> Yeah. So, I like to name my characters fun things. The reason why I named him Tootsie, though, is because he looks like a physical Tootsie Roll, if a Tootsie Roll was a person. <laughs> like, his neck itself looks like a gargantuan Tootsie Roll, so that's why I named him Tootsie. Yeah. Nice. So, nice. been playing that. Uh, we've been playing World of Warcraft, which I'm sure we will get to here in just a, a quick second. And then uh, besides that, like I mentioned, I'm in the grad program, so I'm making, we make a prototype for a game once every about three weeks. So I've already made one, and I'm in the process right now. We're about halfway through making a second one. Tony Hawk can stalker? No, can stalker. <laughs> yeah. Remember that game I pitched to you, Tony Hawk stocking cans at a grocery store? Like, that's all I was doing. Like, it's Tony like, Hawk stocking cans at a yeah. grocery store? Which, like, it's set up like uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater, where you're getting points oh, for, like, right. the cans you stock, and, like... The cans actually have branding for like Tony Hawk on them. So like one of the, the tricks you can do is like turn the can over and see his picture there and kind of like move your thumb across it and sigh. And like that, you got like manual there as you sigh for a longer time, and then you you put it on the shelf. But if you don't, if you fail your manual, you drop the can. See, I'm, I'm refraining from making this game until we are able to make it in VR because I see this as a VR experience <laughs> to be Tony Hawk. Stacking cans of <laughs> Tony Hawk supplies. Tony Hawk shells. soup. Soup. Yeah. You know, they got bowls. Tony Hawk soup. Yeah. They like they got like the, the fun shapes of like Mario and yeah. So it's like skateboards. These gonna look like skateboards and ramps yeah. and yeah, just you know everything that's skateboard not. wheels. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's yeah. just uh oh, you know. Yeah. It's pretty complicated. I think yeah. they've already got that shape though, so it's good. yeah. So yeah. It's good cost saving yeah. measure. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Spaghettios. Save a little bit of cost. But yeah, just doing that. I've been trying to finish up the Witcher DLC that came out a couple months ago that I'm super behind on. I'm but so behind on Witcher. I Witcher's love that game though. It's that so, game is good. so good. It's the best. David, you, you no, I don't stop. Just you want to the third, play, do you want to know yeah. why I don't play the Witcher? I know why you don't play the Witcher. It's because I have to play games with you guys. If I, if I want to have my social gaming experience, I cannot fit that game into my schedule. It's the same with Fallout 4. I'd love to be playing Well, it sounds like you could probably cut Ark out. So if you cut Ark out, you'll have plenty of time for yeah. Witcher. Now, Ark is a social game. mention, like, what time do you get home from work again? Like, midnight? Just one o'clock in the morning? Sometimes right. midnight, sometimes three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Just say, you, have, you, can, you can make time for Witcher 3, trust me. 
And okay, there's things like I'm also trying to you know, gear myself in World of Warcraft, and if I want to be part of a raid group, <laughs> gotta dedicate some time to that. Which actually starts this Wednesday. Okay. Guys are ready. I'm not. Nope. What's I'm, the required eye level? Uh, I don't know. I actually haven't looked at that. It's probably like some eight thirty or something. I'm sure it's eight thirty or something like that. Yeah. I just which isn't too bad to me. I just barely squeaked in. I'm in the high class stuff. Buy your class stuff. Anyway, yeah. okay. Yeah. So, so some, it's, of, uh, yeah, it's go some ahead. of the stuff uh, that I've been doing, of course, um, I had a, a pretty major conference that I was at um, this last week, um, where I was able to actually test some of the upcoming cool stuff. You guys, want me to tell you about some of it? No. You don't want to hear about any of it? No, I just want to. I want to see what comes out. <laughs> no, David can plug his ears because yeah, you tell me so, about it a little bit. I'm interested. Like, I was able to play Resident Evil cool Seven with VR. That's not cool. Mm. Something else. Oh yeah, scared poop out of me. So they have new like. Sounds like have you guys seen the new trailer by chance? Mm. The, okay, so new Resident Evil Seven trailer. They're showing off this family. Okay, and we're they're 100 psychotic. Um, so there's a part in this VR like demo that you play. You have the demo headset in, you are a guy that's like literally strapped to a chair. You can't do anything. Okay? Other than watch all this crap just kind of play out. They're throwing food in your face, treating you like garbage. And then the lady just comes out, takes a knife and stabs you right in the leg. And you're like like you expect to kind of feel that pain. And of course you're not you're you're not feeling anything, but the the whole experience was pretty trippy <laughs> and I've always been under the impression that like if I ever tried VR that it wouldn't really pull me in like I, I always I was like oh I'm gonna know it's VR like this this isn't going to do something where it pulls me in and I'm gonna you know like I'm gonna be completely immersed like people say I'm actually super surprised you get super immersed the moment that you're able to turn your head left and right and you're just seeing what's supposed to be in that video game world on your left and right it's pretty bizarre. How's the sound? Um, the sound's good. I think that's really going to have to do with more of the headset that you choose to use, to be honest. Um, the, the VR system that they had Resident Evil 7 running on was the PlayStation VR. Um, so by default, Sony is using their new Platinum headset that they just announced um, uh, a couple weeks ago at their, um, their event. Um, but uh, sound quality was good. Like, it, it wasn't too bad. Like, it still felt like I was there. There was, I couldn't hear... Like, I mean, I'm at a conference where there's tons of people playing other games. I couldn't hear that stuff, so it did pull me in. But they also had us, like, in this this big box-type thing. Um, that way, it kind of drowned out a lot more of the sound, so it wouldn't hit us too much. Sound is so important to yeah. VR. Oh, yeah. Crazy. Well, yes. Like, I'm pretty sure that that's probably going to be the biggest problem that most people have is the, the sound quality. If they're not using a decent enough headset, it's not going to work for them. Mm-hmm. Um... But aside from that, I actually got a, a hands-on demo with Final Fantasy XV as well. Um, I'm actually really excited for that game. I was a little worried. One, the pushes always worry me. Pushes? I know that they're the, the push in the date as far oh. as like development time goes. Mm-hmm. Like I know what the reason why they're pushing is because they want more development time with it. They want to make sure that it's you know polished and well said, rounded like, and this is kind of get the, it put uh, out. You know, the if, it's, if this one is not successful, they're kind of going to abandon the Final Fantasy, Fantasy brand yeah, because and, it's just not making the money they need. And to. I, I, I don't, I don't think they're going to disappoint. I, I do. Like so, and this is why I'm saying this. When they made one of their their last big pushes as far as the when that game was coming out, right around the time a game we were just talking about called Witcher Three, and I'm pretty sure that they were uh, trying to attempt something equally as good as Witcher 3. And then when Witcher 3 came out, I'm like, shit. 
<laughs> this game is amazing, and the quality of our game is nowhere near it. And they pushed the game over a year at that point. So I think that that's kind of what they're going for, because the Final Fantasy franchise has already been going into like that Western RPG-type film, whether it's Elder Scrolls or Witcher. They want more of that, because those games have been more popular recently than the JRPGs I have. I find it yeah, strange that you say that, because to, to me, they've never felt more Japanese. And I say it's because, like... Okay, like... Is that because of the art style? Yes. And the music and so, the like, we're, yeah. like, we're... But, like, minus seeing the art style, though, the, the games, they're no longer turn-based. They're all action... Minus they're all the action that I look at on the screen. Hack and slash games. The thing that I'm... I, I, that's the thing. I, I am not interested in Final Fantasy. The 15? 15 yeah. at all? Like, uh-huh. it just looks... More metrosexual Japanese men. Great. Well, I mean, I think you're always going to have that, but I think they they're they're trying to gear more towards what the, the Western audience will buy because that is that is their number one consumer. The Western audience is the number one consumer, then, not not Asia, but the Western audience, and that's what they, they have need to, gear to realize towards. that. We're not into metrosexual Japanese people. Like it's just, I, I every time people I see have, it, like people have an art style, and if that's all, yes. if the and developers they that they have that for like four games now, like yeah. that's been like my biggest issue. Like Final Fantasy X was the last major one that I got into. I, I never finished that game because it's so freaking enormous. But like <laughs> seven, well, eight, Final and Fantasy nine 15 will be worse for you then. <laughs> like nine was like the one that I played the crap out of. Like that was that's one of the ones. Occupy a special place in my art. Yeah, but that one has more like anime type. Look to no, it there's than a definite the like, there's a there's a definite art style to it. Like there, you can you can make this argument for fifteen as well. But, like the the clothing design and like the city design of like the those kind of steampunk before it was steampunk. You know. Well, I I think with Final Fantasy Nine they went with more of like a cartoony type anime style where yeah, with the Final Fantasy fifteen you have more of like the real the realistic. Anime like when style. you get into that. Um, I mean, have you seen the way those people dress in Japan? Like, the way people dress in Japan and stuff like that? They dress exactly the way that they're showing them in Final Fantasy XV. I know, it's they, still bad. That, I mean, I'm just saying that that's, cultural difference. That's, that's the cultural difference. And for a game that you're aiming at a Western audience, why are you doing this? Well, I mean, one, it's got the Final Fantasy brand on it, so people by default are going to buy it. Anymore. But no, people will still buy it. Bad people. Oh. People that should know better. People will still buy it. And then not, not to mention, not to mention is that they are trying to hair. kind of push more of the Final Fantasy. Blue hair? Green hair? Into pink the Western hair. RPG yeah, area. Hair. I don't have pink hair. Everybody just has black hair in this one. No, not the... Not no, the one, not one, the, has, one has whoa, blonde. Whoa, 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 whoa. One has blonde. One don't, don't talk crazy. Yeah, I'm not talking about blonde, the people in One's game. got more of like a dirty, blonde-esque type look to I'm them. I'm not talking about in-game people. I'm talking about the people buying the game. Oh, people that are buying the game? Yes. I don't know what color they're in. Yep. No, like, I... Yeah. Weeaboos. That's your target audience. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the game played really... It, it played really well. Like, it played like a Western RPG. It didn't feel like the standard Final Fantasy game that we're used to playing, which I think is probably going to be a nice breath of fresh air for certain people. There will be those people... Oh, what did you call them? Weeaboos? I think the Weeaboos are the ones that are going to hate that it's, game. It's uh, dumb Japan files. Is basically so what. those are the people that are going to hate that game because it's going to play nothing like what they're used to playing. Um, so what was the other game that I was talking about that I played? I just what was my train of thought. Yeah. Sorry. Good job. Good job. Sorry. I didn't want to talk about Final Fantasy the entire time. <laughs> but I hate it so much. Anyway, um, so uh, World of Warcraft, I mean, that's really all I've been playing lately. 
Um, Legion is by far one of the best expansions I've played, and I've been playing since the beginning. Um, it is great. I'm having a lot of fun with it. There is so much to do, it's ridiculous. So do you want to this like an interview? I have work to do. Can we try to structure this for you? Cal, Cal, what class do you play? <laughs> I play a hunter. I've been a, a hunter since a, the beginning. What hunter? A night elf hunter? No. Specialization. Oh, oh, marksman. Yeah, marksman. Okay. I, I, I mentioned this because it's specifically like that decides largely like what path you're taking in the like. Well, I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah. like so to, to kind of break Legion down, they've they've done away with like normal weapon drops from like things that you kill. You have what they call an artifact weapon, and with that artifact weapon, you're going to develop that over the time of the expansion, and it's going to grow stronger as you're playing the game. Not only that, but the lore that you're playing through most of the game is actually based around what that weapon does for you. Um, so depending on what specialization you choose from your class will determine what weapon you get, some of the lore choices that you get, some of the experiences you're going to have in that game. Um, and that's phenomenal because it's really kind of brought the whole lore of the game around your class instead of around a specific person like what we're used to. It's making it more well, dynamic. I would, I would kind of argue that because yeah. it's more so. the, cl- uh, the class hall is like your over the course of the events that bring you into that class hall, they set you up as like, hey man, you're the best we've ever seen at what you do. Mm-hmm. What you do ain't pretty. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> but like basically you're recognized as like, okay, you're the, we recognize, okay, remember that dragon you killed a couple years back? That was kind of crazy stuff. And then all that crap going down in Pandaria, that was nuts. We remember you were in all that crap. And then, man, that was Raynor stuff. Sure crazy. Man, you, you did a solid job over there. Like, you got you're all right. Maybe you are the guy that should be taking this uh, 40,000 year old artifact weapon and kind of leading our cause here. We believe in you. And see, I think that's cool. They're like, they're basing it around your character finally, and and I think that's I think that's kind of the thing that's, that's the separated. driving force of this expansion for sure. It's kind of the story element that's kind of separated a while from well, not necessarily separated, but like that's seems to be the angle that Blizzard's run with like with Warcraft as a per- compo- compared to other MMOs where it's like you're you're a cog in the machine man like you need to beat these guys they're doing bad stuff but like you're a nobody you're not yeah. a game yeah, yeah like yeah they barely reference your character the entire time you're playing through it no this time around they're referencing like thank you Bob, there's a lot and I return to your <laughs> dirt farming <laughs> yeah I mean there's a lot lot to do and you're you are the center and focal point of everything that happens in that universe mm-hmm. which is definitely what has brought like brought me, I guess, more deeper into the lore. Like, I've always loved the Warcraft lore, but this time around, like, I'm reading every quest. Yeah. I am not just passing through it, hitting ignore, just accepting quests and moving on. I'm actually reading the quests. Insignificant quests I'm reading, which is insane. There's no such thing as so, insignificant quests in the Warcraft. Uh, not in Legion, for sure. Yeah, yeah catching the yeah, foxes like, that are eating I, the foxtail I'm, plants. Yeah, 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 yeah no, not, that's... Yeah. That's important, man. <laughs> yeah. Us herbalists gotta know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Let me tell you about. Lake I would Stone say that there, there are definitely <laughs> things in Cataclysm, and there are definitely things in Warlords of Draenor you could completely ignore. Sure, you could. I don't. I've always been the person that like I read all that quest text. Mm-hmm. I read the item text. Yeah, you know, I, you get the item, item text this time around in Legion's amazing. been amazing too. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so have you? You've been to High Mountain, right? Mm-hmm. So. Up the hill, just behind uh, Thunder Totem, there's a tent. And there's 
three people in there. Oh, there's the Are you talking male paladin Torin, and the, the female Torin, Torin. and the yeah, the paladin that walks out. And he, like when you walk up to it the first time, it triggers it where he just walks out and goes, "That was weird." <laughs> so the thing about it is, you will pick up a well, you might pick up a uh, steamy romance novel called Got Milk later on. Oh, have you no. have you found this yet? I have. Yeah, I've read like, the novel. Yeah. And like you realize like after you read that, like that was the aftermath of that book, and you're like, oh my gosh, like this is amazing. It's a whole like there's pages and pages of the story where it's just I'm not gonna spoil it because I think it is just one of the a really good piece of humor in that game. But like reading the thing and like realizing like when I I'm so I'm playing two hunters at the same time. I've got an alliance side and a horde side. Alliance side I'm playing doing his marksman, the horde side I'm doing his beast mastery. But like me and my sister started in in High Mountain and and on the Horde side and the Lance side I started in Worcester. Uh, but yeah, like seeing that like a second time, but like, like having found the that that book already and like going back like oh <laughs> I get it. Like this is oh. <laughs> well, there's so many little unexplained storylines that have been in at least this and the last expan- expansion of WoW that just are the tiniest little things, but when you see it, you're like, oh my god. Yeah, this is amazing. Yeah. I think we were talking about it before. Um when you go into uh the Halls of Valor dungeon, and at the end there's you get up to, to fight Odin and he's got four guys standing in front of you. And I had noticed that, like, they were the names of those guys were the four kings that were mentioned by the end boss of Utgard Pinnacle when it runs over. Yeah, hold on, of the rocky cliffs. Yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, like that's actually the coolest part is that there everything seems to be getting a bit more cohesive as far as yeah. like the lore of that game. The Instead of it too- feeling like you have this expansion, it's only about this. You have this expansion, it's only about this. We finally get to Legion, where they're like, okay, so all of this stuff that's happened has kind of led up to this point, mm-hmm. and everything is going to kind of mesh together. Like, we're going to understand why a lot of things are happening. Like, they're bringing a lot of the, the Wrath of Lich King stuff in with, like, the, the Death Knights. The Death Knights still a lot with that, with their, their artifact weapons, right? Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is really cool. And then on top of that, we're dealing with all the Vilkir again, so we're getting all the Wrath of Lich King lore from that, too. And then a lot of the like old god stuff from that. Um, that's probably been one of the yeah. best parts about this game is that they just everything seems to be really cohesive. So I've got I've got eleven level one hundreds on the horde side, and I've got three on the alliance side. Well, this is level one hundred above. Um, so on the horde side, I've done the uh, intro quests to. Like get your artifact weapons just to yeah. see like each different one like kind of pick and choose like what do I want to do here, and like for the Death Knight when you go in there was Frost and you're like getting the the pieces of the shards yeah the shards Frost of Frostmourne yeah like that was super cool it was so cool. you so if you go in as a mage you can choose to get Fellow Malorn which was uh, uh, Kale Foss's weapon mm-hmm. a real story like Iron Thorn but. <laughs> But like going in, and like there was lore for each side of those. Like we're, I'm still an ice crown. I'm still like Glitch King is still like talking to me the whole time. And like he's, these was, are like some of the first words uttered by Bolivar since he put yeah. on the helmet. You see, I think that it's 
still Arthas's voice actor, actually, because the voice it could be Arthas the voicing of like he has it, it just sounds like the exact same. Thing. I mean, it's probably well, a couple I mean, you got to remember like, you got too. like well, you're you have a couple of different minds inside of the Witch King's head. Three, yeah, like he's he's no longer he's no longer Bo- Bolvar, Bolvar, or Arthas or Nerzul. He's the Witch King. Yeah, well, so. So it would make sense that the Lich King's voice would be the same. Because, I mean, we've heard Arthas's voice before he became the Lich King, and the Lich King doesn't sound anything like Arthas. But this Lich King seems to be more Bolvar than Lich King, if that makes sense. I mean, the personalities sort of all kind of get meshed together. But he's still... I mean, he's still telling you, like... He seems to be on your side to, like, the way the narrative takes place there. So the way I would discuss that, though, is, like, when you deal with Bolvar, he was uncorruptible, right? I was, okay, so to, yeah. to pause character. you right yeah. here, I didn't I didn't ever deal with Bolvar. Yeah. My my introduction to, uh, to, uh, World of Warcraft, that's what we're talking about, right? Yeah, <laughs> that one game. I got in at Cataclysm. Like, I played a little bit in Old Wild, but, like, I got a level 13 Torn Warrior named They Call Me Sir. <laughs> <laughs> and that was as far as he ever went. Like, when when I got back in, I tried getting in a uh, Burn Crusade, and I, my computer couldn't run at the time. And so, like, by the time I got back in at Cataclysm, they changed the, the structure of Battle.net, so, like, I couldn't even recover those characters or that, like, what I was using there, so I had to really? start it fresh. I couldn't remember that stuff. Like it was just so. Like they, you know, they changed like "I'll be under your name" and like type that, which is yeah. a great way to do things. Like it, it fixes the issues that they were having at the time of like, okay, Lord Bridge, they get Swerve accounts and Starcraft and stuff because it's so easy to do this stuff. So like, maybe let's let's not do this anymore. Like let's tie these to a singular account and like give you a reason to care about that. And you know, as with many things, I think Blizzard succeeded in that aspect of it. But back to the point. Um, yeah, came in cataclysm where like all of a sudden like all this stuff that you know I remember seeing like certain things like I remember like trying to uh, you know I'm level 13 as a torrent like okay well there's friends like there's a dungeon we need to do because you're 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 level 10 here like you need to get up to Orgrimmar so we can do Ragefire Chasm how do I get there well you gotta like he's telling me like, you gotta take you know, go up to the crossroads and keep running like you're trying to get up to okay well, this is like, I've never seen this world before you know, like running through the cab or the the crossroads, I remember like there's a dude sitting in the, the business end of the catapult eating his lunch. I was just a player, like you're just sitting in that thing, like you know, like that's hilarious, man. That guy's crazy. Doesn't you know that's a catapult? It's crazy. Anyway, I'm on my way to but <laughs> just running and running for minutes, like and going from southern barons to the northern barons. Can't do that anymore on foot. <laughs> no. Deathwing had his way with that place. Oh yeah. Oh yes, but, he did. But yeah, like the, I don't know. Like that just, I quested through the. Like, that was my introduction to Warcraft. Like was questing through those zones that had been now revamped to be very different from what they were. For which is infinitely better than the way it was when I played through the game because mm-hmm. a lot of those quests you had like took you from one, like one zone to another zone to another zone to another zone, and some of that stuff was happening at low level. Mm-hmm. Which just, it made no sense, like, to make a person run that far. Mm-hmm. It, all it did was, it was just time-wasting. That's all that was. And moving quests to, like, okay, here's here's a, here's a dungeon quest over here. I mean, I, I remember talking about another podcast I listened to, like, hey, there's a, there's a guy in Ironforge that wants you to run this specific dungeon, but you have to go talk to him to get that yeah. quest. And it wasn't even, like, he wasn't even flagged for a quest. 
you had to go talk to him and open a dialogue box, and then you could get the quest from him. Yeah. And it was like, okay, well, how how would you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like and now it's come to like all the quest well, givers were standing inside the door of the dungeon. Or that outside. was their way of having little secret, like secret things, like mm-hmm. secret things that you wouldn't know unless you actually explored, explored the, the game. Yeah, mm-hmm. where they're doing that now with Legion, but it's it's in a not much in, a, in a yeah, it's in a, a way better way. Like it's it's not it's not much of a quest. Like and I mean to to talk about the dungeon quests. Like I mean, eventually they ended up putting them into dungeons. Which made things infinitely easier, but I mean, as far as talking about uh, about Legion, though, um, like I would say, this is probably near perfect. I think this yeah. is the best version of World of Warcraft that we've ever had. Um, everything it's... feels great. It it gives you you still have the simplicity of the talent system, but now you have the artifact weapon where you have traits that you have to worry about, and which direction do you want to go with your traits in order to. Yeah. specific key abilities or even not even get those key abilities the key specific traits because some of those traits are like are detrimental are, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so like, I don't need this right now like I'll probably want that later but and like, it's, right it's now more like how this. you choose to play them. like because mm-hmm. like for instance if you're more of a PvP player they're like for the hunter for instance um, you have the new turtle aspect that you can use yeah it was that uh, replaced uh, deterrence um, there's actually the ability where it heals you, mm-hmm. and the so, more points you put into that trait, the more heal that you're going to get from that when you have that up, instead of it just deterring the the abilities yeah. hitting you. And the thing about that is, like, that's that's a really excellent example because again, I'm playing a horde side hunter and a lion side hunter. Alliance side, I'm playing a Dramai. Horde side, I'm playing a blood elf. So <laughs> I'm playing the same class, you know, like, but they are drastically different just based on like those two decisions. Yeah. My beast mastery hunter that I used to do, like I do solo raids with like at, you know, I would, I was constantly try, trying to push like, what can I do solo with this character? Because the survival was so high. I would, I would do beast mastery. Like we figured out you could solo like a, uh, you know, Tempest keep with, as long as you had the stampede ability, mm-hmm. because the, like there was a mind control mechanic there that uh, would screw with it. But if you had your, uh, Stampede out when he went to blow that. He would usually blow it on, try to blow it on one of your animals and screw it up. But anyway, the uh, or he would pop it on you, and your animals would come and attack you, and you had enough time because they were out to uh, like you'd start beating on them, and they would fade, and you could go back and still kill him. Yeah. But anyway, like now, my beast mastery hunter does not have the survivability that my marksman hunter has. Like. I, ha- I still have the exhilaration self heal that I can pop, you know, every so often. But my Dread Eye Hunter has that gift of the neighbor that heals over time, and the exhilaration, and that aspect of the turtle that heals as well. Whereas, like, I don't believe the Beast Mastery Hunter gets the the healing effect of the turtle shell. That's of the turtle. I think they can still you can use it. Is that is that a trait specifically two words to the bow? Interesting. But the other thing is, like, there's also one of the talents you can get for marksmen is that camouflage. And you can spec it so the camouflage heals. Yeah. Which is also amazing. Yes. So, I'm really hard to kill that stupid <laughs> I'm doing stupid things that shouldn't work, and it's, you know, they do when people, you know, you, the world's busy up now, like, where you're doing these dumb things, like, people are taking notes, like, what is that guy doing? He's gonna die. And they don't. And then, Okay, I, it, it it ends up attracting people. We're like, okay, you're doing the roller coaster over here. And I see you pulling six guys at a time. 
So I'm going to help you out with this because I notice you're not dying and you seem to know what you're doing. And that in, in turn, like my survivability is now increased because there's one more moron that's deciding to shoot the guys I'm shooting at. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's uh that is actually, uh, so that kind of goes back to like the prior patch before the expansion came out. I thought that the hunters were broken. Yes. Cause they were dying. So but quickly. the second you get that, that artifact weapon, it completes, it's that one missing piece of your puzzle. Yeah. And now everything makes sense. Everything makes sense, yeah. It, it's, it doesn't feel broken anymore. Yeah. Which is the, like, the same way I felt about the shaman, like the enhancement mm-hmm. shaman. They died yeah. so quickly. But once you got your artifact weapon, you were pretty much good to go. Yeah, everything was pretty solid. Um, but, uh, I mean, like, as far as, like, me specifically, my favorite stuff, definitely the artifact weapon. Um, the world quests that they've introduced with Legion amazing. have been amazing, because... Mm-hmm. Not only does it add extra lore to what you're doing to the game, it's probably been the best way that I've had to grind rep in any expansion. And it's also, when you say to somebody like, okay, man, you just did this gigantic slog through 10 levels. Like, you had to work at these stupid levels. Like, the last thing you want to do is go back into this dumb zone that you've spent 14 hours in just, oh, I hate, I hate it, Just because of what happened there. Like, it's a gorgeous zone. But, but like there's a couple things that are just like I can't I don't have the ability to differentiate my experience from like the story and like <laughs> you know like what see and I loved it it was sad but I loved it like I loved the experience I, th- I thought the directions some of these directions they've taken with this game have been astronomical like you'd say holy crap I can't believe you just did that mm-hmm. like this is this is stuff that happens like I don't know like people watching TV like Game of Thrones and stuff like that they're like I can't believe you just killed that person or I can't believe this just happened mm-hmm. like this there's a lot of that happening in World of Warcraft right now and it, yeah. it makes you wonder like what is the it's, end it's that, game the equivalent of like video game Patreon like what am yeah. I like I need to start finishing this quest because stuff is crazy right now we yeah. need to, I need some closure here yeah <laughs> Well, I think they learned a lot from Warlords of Draenor because yeah. at least general consensus that I got is that most people were kind of disappointed with Warlords of Draenor. It sort yeah. of was an odd side story that not a whole lot got accomplished, and you sort well, of like felt zero like zero got doing... accomplished because you were doing everything well, in an opposite timeline. We got exactly. Goldan. I mean, I guess Goldan was Goldan. able to travel well, into like our actual timeline. Well, there's a couple key points, but most of the time, and, yeah. most well, of the time that you're Hagar's spending in that expansion, that. you're not really doing He's anything important forever. That's where he's. That's where he was. He was in Outlands. Was he there in yeah, the Crusade? Uh huh. There's a character you go see that says, "Hi, my name is Kagar. Yeah, I'm doing stuff. So originally, when you uh, when you play Burning Crusade, his his NPC model was completely different back then. He was like this old like this old dude that was bald that had just like a long white beard. Well, because he was supposed to have been like aged a lot right yeah. by a curse. Yeah, so, yeah, he's been aged a lot by a curse. But anyway, so when you the first time you go to Shatrath City. There's, you run it, you talk to Khadgar, and he gives you um, a tour around Shatrath City, explaining to you, like, what's been going on. That's him. During the Burning Crusade. Yeah. And you know how you, the little arcane anomaly thing that you follow around everything? That's his arcane anomaly thing that you're following around. Oh. Like, that. that's Khadgar right there. So, I mean, the we got a few things out of Warlords, yeah, but there were, there were things missing. Like, one, they took the social aspect away completely with uh, the garrison. They did. And they, they, they recognized that, and they understood that. I know that they, there were things that they attempted to do to force people to play with each other with the, within their garrison, like the invasions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But you I could only do that for so long before you were done with it. I got one invasion, and that was it. Yeah. And like, I... Really? Yeah. I've gotten, like, seven? I've gotten almost all of them. I, like I, I really wanted to do the invasion stuff, but I didn't understand 
what was triggering it. You know, there's the way I play these games ends up being kind of very different than other people. Like, I, you do a lot of dungeons, right? Mm-hmm. It's like I still haven't done two of the dungeons now. Really? Yeah. Like that's the like the moment I always get to max level. The first thing I do is jump into dungeons, but that's due to the fact that I'm always trying to get the best gear that way. I can start raiding as soon as possible. And see, I'm exploring, trying to have fun. Um, but uh, as as far as uh, like I said, my key takes away takeaways with Legion so far have been great. Um, there's not a whole lot of negative that I can say about this expansion right now. We are still in the beginning of it. They also said there won't be any more content droughts like we've had in the past. I mean, they're already PTRing 7.1. And that has a whole unique mythic dungeon that's Karazan. Karazan. That, uh... Is that right? No. Get your word right. Nope. Karazan. Prove Heart, it. Hearthstone. Prove it. Hearthstone. Prove it. Hearth and Prove it. That's all I gotta say. Hearthstone. Huh? You haven't proved it yet. Mag Theradin. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll agree with the Mag Theradin part, though. Um, <laughs> but what, like, what, what specific points in... Legion, have you enjoyed though, like so far? Um, like just key, like the the key things that you like, like like for me, the artifact weapons, the world quests, even the dungeons have been amazing. The thing with like the world quests that I was getting at was like the idea of like, okay, I've finished my my level grind here, you know, in Warlords and everything else. Like, I don't want to go back there, but like all of a sudden, it's like, oh, if I go back there, do that one like bonus objective that I did a while back, it's kind of you know, less than less, less tedious than what it was. I can get myself a pair of eight thirty gloves, and that's probably better than what's going to drop out of a dungeon right now. I need to get my butt to Valshara right now. Yeah, you know, like there's oh, if I go over there, they've got a a you know mining quest for like I can get twenty fell slate just for popping over there. Like I have to work to get twenty fell slate. You know, like, <laughs> like and it's the kind of thing. All of a sudden, I don't care where I'm going because there's a I can see right there. Like, hey, hey, dude. You like fell slate? <laughs> we, we got some over here, and all of a sudden, like I, you know, I'm going back to these places that I, you know, may have had negative experiences with, or just you know, a uh, sense of fatigue from that zone. I don't get that from high mountain or high, high mountain. High mountain. Should always go back to high mountain. See, that's the one place that I didn't like. Dumb. I hate. Dumb, I, I hate dumb. the mountain. I hate the mountain. Like the, the fact that I, I always <laughs> always feel like I have to go around it. It's 420 all day long. <laughs> <laughs> but then that also leads into the the improvements that they've had in game design where they can have, like, you two are very similar on many issues. But on this particular one, you hate Valshara, you love Valshara, and uh, David likes High Mountain, and Kyle doesn't like High Mountain. It's, it's, not, so, that I, it's not that I don't like it. And I don't hate it. It's just, it's more of... like fun. We've already established. There's a lot of cool humor in High Mountain that I've enjoyed, but I just, I don't like the mountain. Like, I don't like that don't big, like the hill huge, part. yeah, mountain that's in my way, yeah. and so, I always feel like I'm never in the right spot when I need to be. So I switched to engineering for uh, uh, Legion. Mm-hmm. On my alliance hunter, my my horde hunter is a tailor and a leather worker, Skinner. But uh, they've got specific profession quests that unlock as you go through there. One of the things for mining is there is a, the best miner is on top of High Mountain. He's a torrent up there. There's a clan of torrent up there that are super into just banging at rocks all day long, and you have to climb that mountain and find that dude. And like that was like getting up there was an adventure. Like I thought that was you know amazing. And I, 
talking to him, learning his story. I'm like, there's a, his ancestor was apparently the best miner that ever was. Like, he's got all these great techniques. Like, you find a chunk of his horn up there. Like, but yeah, like, that was one of the things that really stood out to me was that. But I think a larger conversation for World of Warcraft is the fact that, like, a lot of developers play World of Warcraft. Like, it's one of those things, like, everybody is involved with. A lot of ideas get, like, Blizzard ends up tackling a lot of the larger issues in other games, you know, and to not pay attention to that is folly. You know, like, yeah. um, you know, when Destiny was having issues of, like, the way their gameplay was working out, like, what they look at, who they talk to. Like, it's... Well, of course, they would talk to Blizzard. Yeah. And it's easy for them right now because it's in-house. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's... I mean, it's true. Blizzard does do that. You look at the way World of Warcraft's developed now, and look at all the stuff that they've added to it, just with Legion, a lot of that stuff's already been going on with Diablo mm-hmm. for a really long time now. Mm-hmm. So, like, the, the world quest structure is all built around the structure that they've had in Diablo. For the adventure for, for, Yeah. For I, a while now. I understand that. I can, I can No, and it, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. I mean, mm-hmm. why why not put something in there that, you know, mm-hmm. is, is doesn't it's, work? Like, like, it works. It's something that improves the value. And even game. in those cases, it's not like a one-for-one system transfer. It's like you're... It's a refined version of what those other games had. You know? Like, it's... And the same thing, like, you make the same argument for Overwatch. Like, there's a level system in there where you... You know, I go from level one down to level two. I get a loot box. Yeah. Level three, I get a loot box. But I'm not... I can prestige there, but that prestige system is very different from... Um... Uh... Call of Duty. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I hate this prestige system in Call of Duty, but in Overwatch, I think it's great. Why is that? I guess because they've done a very neat take on it. Yeah. What about your takes, Aiden? Like, what are your takes from Legion? What, what's, what's the key point, the key things that you enjoyed so far? So, I mean, again, the, like, the biggest difference, I think, is that they did take Warlords of Draenor and a bunch of other games as learning points on which to make this one. Mm-hmm. So the entire um, class, or garrison, what, was it, what do they call it? Class? Class order? Class order, order, order hall. hall. Order hall. All the order hall stuff is essentially the exact same thing as garrisons, except you have a lot less followers and the quests take a lot more time. And you don't have like all these crazy things that you're but getting. But they seem to matter much so, more because of it. Exactly. Yeah. You actually get some more important things to help upgrade your artifact weapon and your other followers and stuff. And so they make it feel more important because there's less of them. And the entire expansion isn't super oriented toward them. Yeah. So they've really narrowed down, I guess, what players find the fun in a lot better. So definitely those. And but it the, also seems the to be quests. they use that stuff as a nice palate cleanser, you know, where it's like, okay, I've been questing out here for forever like oh, yeah. i'm 102 now like they I, they want me back at the order hall what's going on here something totally different that's going to take me you know a couple hours to finish this line well it's also but, like you, you also have something else to do when you go back to your quest givers mm-hmm. now too it's not just it's, a zone where you have to go and yeah it's know. not like I'm, yeah. I'm not it doesn't feel like i'm jumping back into like i go from like okay i just finished valshara oh they want me to the order hall now i go do stuff for the order hall and i come out of that quest i'm ready to go back into one of the other zones to try out like what's going on there i get back get me Creation, man. Man, this is important stuff. We need to get going. Yeah. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, so definitely the refinement on a lot of their, their stuff is just so on point mm-hmm. in this expansion. Well, um, I know we could talk about World of Warcraft like all day. Yes. Um, yes, we could. And, <laughs> and the entire podcast could take up uh, World of Warcraft uh, time. 
Um, but I do want to get on to a more important thing that's been going on in the gaming community. And a couple weeks ago, Sony made some announcements on some new consoles. Woo, Sony, they can't do wrong. <laughs> well, that, that's what the... That's what the video game world thought, is that Sony could no longer do any wrong. They learned from all of their mistakes, and that uh, everything's going to be perfect. So the two things they announced, the two big things they announced, two consoles. They announced the PlayStation 4 Slim with the price drop on it, which was pretty cool. That was a really nice announcement. Um, and then they announced the PlayStation 4 Pro, which is the one thing that we've been hearing leaks about. For, what, it's been like a little over a year now, yeah. like with the PlayStation it's 4 like the Yeah. It was last year. Yeah, yeah, it was something like that. Yeah. What do you call that? GDC? That GDC. one. Yeah. yeah. Game the, the Game Developer Conference game that you just said it. Yeah. I, I got the game part. Oh. <laughs> the game is the most important part of that sentence. Oh. Yeah, this is true. Um, so, with this announcement, they said specifically what the console was going to do. What the console is going to do is it's going to do 4K streaming. Do 4K streaming for both uh, Netflix and Amazon, and that's all they said that it would do 4K streaming for. They said that they are developing specific apps that are specifically geared towards PlayStation 4 Pro. Um, the other thing that they brought up is the fact that it will upconvert certain games to 4K. That's one of the key words right there, upconvert. Is that a word? So, I mean, that's what they said. Did they ask President Bush for so <laughs> clarification of what upconvert means? Upscale? They tweeted them. Yeah, it's, uh, they're going to upscale it. Okay, yeah. They're going to upscale the games to 4K. So here's the issue the game community's having. I didn't need to be making funny right there. No, no, no you're fine. I, That sounded to me like you were... No, that is a no, word that someone yeah. was saying. Like, that's... No, no, no. No, that's... Like, this term. So... With, with what Sony announced, and what Microsoft has already announced... It kind of sounds like the Scorpio Project Scorpio is not going to be converting anything. That everything is just going to run in 4K. That's what they announced. Not only that, but the PlayStation 4 Pro doesn't have a 4K Blu-ray player in it. Hmm. Yeah. So, which is a company that kind of owns the technology, you know, not and they're not more, going. Well, I mean, but they but they they still built the technology. It's not like, hey, we don't have any, you know, Blu-ray 4K players lying around that we can put into these systems. Um, that seems like a weird decision to me. And I don't know if they did it just so they could cut costs a little bit somewhere. That way they could keep the system a tad bit lower because we don't know what's going to happen to Scorpio. We don't know all of the, the stuff behind it. We we know about the teraflops. Lots of teraflops. Yeah. <laughs> Plenty of teraflops. Um, yep. We know that it's going to run and play in 4K because the Xbox One Slim is already doing that, which is another weird thing. The Xbox One Slim starts at, what is it? It's $300? So that or $350? Yeah, $300 for the 500 gigabyte and then $350 for the one terabyte. Right. How much is the Slim PS4 doing? There's a PS4. The slim, so the Slim so PS4. So I, I was not aware that there was a Slim PS4. There, yeah. Because there was a difference between the, the Slim PS4 and the PS4 Pro. Yeah. yeah. There is. There, so yeah. the the PS4 Slim doesn't bring anything else new to the table. It actually took something away. It took out the optical port. There's no optical port on the PlayStation 4 Slim. That makes sure. Um, it's, uh, it does drop power usage by 30% is what they said. Which is pretty good. It's not much slimmer. Just taking out that optical port drops power <laughs> usage by 30%? I guess so. Man, I need to get rid of my own Xbox. <laughs> um, the, um, with the... With 
The PlayStation 4 size and the PlayStation 4 Slim size, it's not much of a difference in size, to be honest. And the PS4 is already pretty small as is. I didn't think that it was going to get much smaller. I figured they would do the the power thing. The power thing would be limited. It wouldn't require so much power to run, which is kind of a good thing, because that means your system will probably last longer because of that. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, But when Microsoft, they announced their Slim back at E3. Their Slim 4K stream... With both both Hulu and Netflix, those are the only ones that are not Hulu and Netflix, but Netflix and Amazon, those are the only ones they announced as well, and that uh, it will have a 4K Blu-ray player in there too. So the Slim already One of the main features of the, the Slim Xbox was if you dropped it, it would not only break three of your five toes instead of all five. <laughs> Plus, it wouldn't be this dropping. Too. The power brick itself is also built into the console, so you have to take the weight of the power brick into consideration as oh. well. Yeah. So, so like three and a half toes. Sure. <laughs> um, the other thing is, is they upped the RAM and the Xbox One Slim, which is one of the main issues that the Xbox One had competing with the PlayStation Has. 4. Has. Yeah. But, I mean, if you have a Slim now, it, it's no longer it's no longer has its hat. Yep. The Xbox One Slim performs just as well as the PS4 now, and it actually does more. To cast because light it does 4K this. streaming and it does the 4K Blu-ray player. To cast a light on this, like we all have an Xbox One and a PS4, mm-hmm. and we've all seen like the, the both operating systems running, both playing games, and like you know the PS4, while beautiful in its simplicity, and like it just you know it just kind of works. Like Microsoft's machine, like even though it does a lot of things, like it can get real chuggy at times, and mm-hmm. there's there's it seems that there's been times where like it whether due to internet connection stability or maybe this is related to RAM, like it just decides like, well, we're going to drop support for, for certain features for a while here while like we try to catch up. Yeah. And that can kind of extend to party chat for a lot of times. Like we had major issues playing destiny. Like when that was going big, like we're we into raids certain nights and all of a sudden party chat had cut out and we have to switch to game chat and it was, you know, spotty at best. Like it just, yeah, we, we definitely had a couple raids that had to stop you know, because we just can't communicate over the internet like normal people. Well, there's and still so much wrong with the software that's in the hardware, mm-hmm. right? And it seems like they're sort of going more like, hey, here's new hardware. We're still not really going to deal with some of the underlying problems that just make our system I think they're just still trying to figure them out. It's, it's the same. They had a lot of the same hiccups when the Xbox 360 came out. Sure. Like, the difference is, is that we had 10 years to see that improvement. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, we've only had these systems for three years now. But at the same time, like, you're looking at features and you're, like, I mean, as a consumer, you look at that and go, like, well, the Xbox just just worked for all these things and all of a sudden the Xbox One The one thing we got to remember, though, is that we're looking at a whole new piece of hardware. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there's new technology put into it, new hardware. They also took headsets and party chat into consideration at this point. Well, yeah. And there's, I mean... We had an issue the other night playing art where like the party chat wasn't working, so we had to use game chat, mm-hmm. and, and that then, was super fun. And then that didn't work very well. Either. Well, like, so it, was, it was based on chat. it was based on proximity. We found out like you had to be you have to even join the tribe. So we are now all members of the tribe of Tootsie. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're in the same tribe, you can hear each other anywhere. But if you're not, as you're wandering around, like you'll you can just walk out of a player's range and you won't hear them talking. So oh, like that's that, interesting. 
That's I, I mean, that's kind of cool. That I guess that's trying to can, be immersive as much as possible. It is, yeah, little, but at the but. same time, like it doesn't. That game does not do a good job again of conveying <laughs> what is happening here. Yeah, like it just like you have to try and kind of figure it out yourself. Yeah, like it's um, C form for details. But I mean, as as far as that, I think a lot of this stuff will get fixed. You know, the, a lot of the issues that they've had with the Xbox One is a RAM shortage, mm-hmm. and with the Xbox One Slim, we won't have that problem anymore. Um, I think the I think the issue that the nerd world is having right now, like the rage that's going online right now, is that we all thought that Sony couldn't do any wrong at this point. Like everybody was like, Sony's doing Not perfect me. and following the steps <laughs> that they need to follow to make everybody happy. They've learned from their mistakes, and then they make this announcement where everybody they fell short. They they actually fell short this time. It it almost felt like. Oh, wait, their E3 reveal of the PlayStation the 3 where they said, the oh, well, you 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 can get two jobs, you know, you can get two jobs and it'll help you pay for this console. And it's like, really? Like, and they're handling it the same way. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like they're handling it the way they would have when Microsoft was screwing up. Mm-hmm. When Microsoft was just one individual person, this whole company is thinking the exact same thing right now. Mm-hmm. And this is a point in time that Sony shouldn't be doing this because... Sony, the PlayStation portion of Sony is the only thing yes. that is actually getting them money. The good shit. If they screw Sony up, full of a lot of holes. Yeah, if they screw up, Sony <laughs> might falter. Mm-hmm. The last time this happened, I remember Sony talking about dividing mm-hmm. as far as that they were going to have to, otherwise we wouldn't have PlayStation anymore. We wouldn't be getting the games on the PlayStation anymore. And there's already been conversations about you know like we need to be <sighs> Sony as a corporation, needs to be firing on all cylinders. Yeah. Their game group needs to be doing, like, you know, seeing, okay, the TV group and the, you know, the Blu-ray group or whoever's handling this stuff. Like, if they have the tech to be using, to be doing 4K Blu-ray, doesn't that need to be in the machine that they're putting in front of, you know, 90% of their consumers? Like, they're... Well, see, and that's the problem. Like, they want people to buy this, but if people know that Scorpio is coming out next year, it's like, oh, Mm -hmm. if I just wait, I get... A, a console that's going to give me better quality and graphics, mm-hmm. it's going to have the 4K Blu-ray player in there, it's going to have the 4K streaming, why do I need to buy a PlayStation 4 Pro? The PlayStation 4 Pro, the only difference is is that it's got a one terabyte hard drive and that it can supposedly make my games possibly look better in 4K but that's if the developer wants to do it. Mm-hmm. That's the other issue that it has. Um, where with the Xbox One Slim, it can already do all that stuff at a cheaper price point. Because a 500 gig is only $300, and then the one terabyte is 350 The PlayStation 4 Pro is $400. How much, do, how much can I get a Wii U for today, actually? How much? Uh, Sound investment. There, David. <laughs> $300. <laughs> yeah, it still hasn't dropped in price. All right. Thank yeah. you, Nintendo. I, I don't understand that. And we'll get to Nintendo in a sec, because I do want to take just a few minutes to talk about Nintendo. What is the price point of the PS4 Slim, now? The PlayStation you know? 4 Slim is $300. Okay, so you're so looking at a $100 difference between the, the Slim and the PlayStation 4 Pro. What about the... So the difference between that and an Xbox One Slim, does the PS4 Slim come with a one terabyte? Hard drive, or is it also? It's a 500 gig. So they're pretty much mm-hmm. the same thing, but it's the exact same thing. And then that's where the problem is detailing now. Right, Xbox, the Xbox One is now starting to outperform the PlayStation, and the whole reason why everybody went to PlayStation Four 
was because it was outperforming what Microsoft could do with their Xbox One Slim or their Xbox One. So they're kind of now the Slim is starting to do the now Microsoft's doing the exact opposite. They're starting to outperform Sony at a quicker rate and at a cheaper price point. So Sony might not do so well in these next two. Because even if out. even if you say the the Xbox One Slim one terabyte is three hundred fifty dollars, the PlayStation Four Pro, which does all the exact same things that the Xbox One Slim does, one terabyte is an extra fifty bucks. So here's a question. Yeah. So pretend for a moment that the Scorpio comes out, mm-hmm. and I mean I plan on getting one of those. Um, because it sounds like that does have a lot of benefits that I would like to take advantage of. Yeah, because the Xbox One Slim, it just has the 4K stuff. Mm-hmm. It, I've got, I've already got two Xbox Ones. Yeah. Um, because I had to have that one Halo edition. That was really important. But <laughs> the, uh, anyway, like, let's assume, like, the, you know, Microsoft doesn't have as much egg on their face as they, they did before. Whereas mm-hmm. now, Sony's looking real bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I so, think I think it's because we have the company has changed leadership. Sony mm-hmm. has since their original announcement, and probably since their plan had started for where the PS4 direction was going to go. Mm-hmm. Now that we have this new leadership in there, their PS4 is kind of taking a little bit of a different direction. And the Xbox where doing the with exact the Xbox opposite. One, they got new leadership right at the beginning of the Xbox One, where they realized like and got Phil Spencer in wrong. there, and Phil Spencer, all he does is listen to the community. Mm-hmm. Which is like, the best thing he can do yeah. for a guy in his position. Listening yeah, to interviews exactly. with that guy, like he just he just gets it. I like so at the conference I went to, I got to meet him and talk to him. And so cool. I wanted to. <laughs> uh, trust me, yeah. like I was like, dude, you understand gamers. Like yeah. this is the best thing that I've ever Thanks. seen this company, the direction this company's taken, even since the original Xbox. Like Microsoft mm-hmm. has done a lot of pivotal things for the video game community, but I think Phil Spencer has done more in the last three years with what Microsoft has to offer than that company has in the 15 plus years that it's been around. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and I know people are going to disagree with me because, oh, well, what about Xbox Live? That was that was a huge deal. Yeah, that was a huge deal. But inevitably, we were going to get there. Like, that was something that would inevitably happen. The difference is, is Phil Spencer's actually taken a company that is this huge corporate, you know, conglomerate and telling like, look, we need to listen to our consumers. If we don't listen to our consumers, they're not going to buy our stuff. Back to my question, though. So, this is this landscape now like makes the the Scorpio look appealing. Mm-hmm. So, the question now is like, okay, down the road, does Sony announce another console? Oh my god! There's, you know, so I, I actually, as so we've been cool. talking, I thought about that. Yeah. Like, so the way these companies are planning on taking the direction of the consoles from here on out is that we're no longer in a console generation cycle anymore. Mm-hmm. Everything that will come out from here on out will work against anything that is made. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, but so for instance, like is... when Microsoft announced all of their stuff at E3, they called it the Xbox One ecosystem. So all controllers that you have will work across any of the Xbox One platforms, any of the games that you like made the for the oh, Scorpio wait. will work for the Xbox One Slim, will work for the original Xbox One, or any future Xbox One consoles that come out. So it is kind of like a PC structure. Every few years, we'll see another console, but it won't be a console generation. Graphics won't change so dramatically that they have to make a new piece of hardware, like fully, in order to make the games work. Mm -hmm. Um, Not only that, but now this actually gives the developers the ability to 
it, it kind of it makes it easier for them to develop stuff. Like we won't have things like the Batman Arkham Knight issue with PC anymore. What the companies will start doing is they'll start building it for PC and then just have to downscale it to work on whatever console needs to work for. Mm-hmm. Um, the hope is that the Scorpio will be powerful enough that it won't have to be downscaled. You'll be able to play it at the same quality that one of the top-end PCs are playing at. So it's sort of getting down to where the hardware is becoming an iteration of itself over yes. and over again. Like, similar so similar to the software. Phone yeah. So, cell phones and Yes, software. and, and, and so. it's funny you bring that up. At the press conference that Sony had a couple weeks ago, that's exactly what they said. Yeah. That people were willing to buy this stuff every couple of years now because that's the model that the cell phone community has built. The thing about that I would bring up is... I don't think we're in that yet because it is being tested as we speak. Like that is the, the reality of. What I mean, yeah, it is. It all's being. It is being tested. But the one, the one thing to note about this, okay. Well, my point on that is, I want to say, we're. They're already seeing tons of reservations on both the Slim, mm-hmm. PlayStation but 4. But there's early adopters do that. They, well, yeah, but they, Microsoft sold out of the 2 terabyte limited edition Xbox One Slim within a week. Hmm. So, like, my thing... The, the, so the <laughs> only thing to note is what they're doing is working right now. Now, we'll have to wait and see, like, when the Scorpio gets announced, and then maybe Sony does have something up their sleeve. Maybe the PlayStation 4 Pro is not the Neo. Maybe the PlayStation 4 Pro is, hey, we're not going to have the Wouldn't Neo ready. Nice Why don't we release this that will be half of what we're going to release Or revise the, the Neo software-wise, to, which I don't think they can do, to be <laughs> more appealing to a consumer. Well, here's the problem, is that because the systems are in at such a high price point, and even though there is things like the cell phone market where people will still go out and buy like a $700 iPhone right off the start of the market. At least from working in retail, um, I learned that anytime that there's a new system announced, there's going to be, you know, one out of every 10 people that come in, they're like, there's already a new system. Yeah, it's been 10 years, but yes, there is already a new system. So I feel like if Sony were to come out with the Slim this year, the Pro next year, and then say the Neo the year after that, it's going to anger a lot of people. See, but the Pro so, is coming out this year as is well. It? Comes out November 10th. Okay. And see, but this is the kind of thing I was worried about. They still haven't game. announced too much. Does this, is Sony pissing the water for this kind of iteration, iteration te- yeah. technique? Yeah. I mean, like, I kind of get, because at least with Microsoft, they announced the Scorpios coming out a year later. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, they they were more upfront about what their project plans were. That way, if somebody decided, you know, I don't need a Slim, I can wait for the Scorpio. Yeah, I think that was a very good You idea. know, like, yeah. as, far as, as far as retail goes, the way I'm understanding it is they're kind of discussing it with people in the ways like, hey, do you have a 4K TV? Well, no, I do not. Well, then you don't need to upgrade yet. Wait for the Scorpio. Get a 4K TV and wait for the Scorpio. Like, you don't need a Slim right now because it does, need, your your original Xbox One will do everything that the Slim does currently. Do I need a 4K TV for the, the Scorpio? That's another question. I mean, I don't know if you'll need one. They haven't specified whether or not you'll need a 4K TV. I, I mean, to get the quality that the, the, the system would give you, you would need a 4K TV. But if anything, you want the you want the you want a TV that at least has HDR, the high dynamic range. Oh, please make people have that by now, because the Xbox One Slim has it. Yeah, it's. Do I have that on my TV? 
How old is your TV? I bought it when Halo 3 came out. Yes, you do not have that. Yeah, you don't have you it. You need a new TV. You need a new TV. Halo 3 came out 2007. It's been nine years. This TV has it. That TV does not. But that's because that TV is cheap. But anyway, to, to get back to point, like... Your computer monitor might... Your computer to monitor get the quality yeah. that you would want from the Scorpio you would want to get a nicer TV. Like, if you didn't have the nice TV, to be honest, you probably don't need Scorpio either. Yeah, what's the point? If you're willing to spend that much money on a console, because Microsoft and you don't have a TV that can play it. <laughs> well, I understand that for you. I mean, you could buy it and just ha- have this really expensive Xbox One system. Hooked up to a $250 TV. You know, <laughs> my TV was about $1,000 more yeah. No, I'm not talking specifically about your TV, David. I'm just talking about, about a, a TV that might cost me that right now. Sure. I don't even know if a, a sure. TV like that would cost 250 bucks. Probably cheaper at this point. Maybe, well, maybe next year. Maybe. <laughs> um, but, I'm just uh, feeling what I want you guys to say to me. <laughs> I mean, it's it, as far as that, it, like Microsoft has definitely kind of turned the tables, and Sony. I don't know if it was directly or indirectly. They've they've kind of hurt themselves, and it's upset a lot of consumers. Um, but uh, as far as my last point, where does that put Nintendo? Though we still. Have yet to hear anything about the NX. Tokyo Game Show is literally happening right now, and they have not announced anything. They haven't announced a press conference. They haven't said anything about when they're going to be making this announcement. We this console is supposed to be out in spring. Yeah, we're we're kind of running out of time for you guys to announce this console. Do you think that we're going to get an announcement this year? Or do you think they're going to announce it like a month out before the console releases? I really hate the lack of transparency in certain companies. Well, certain companies. Like Nintendo's always kind of been this way. With the Wii U, they announced it three months before the launch date. So, like, let's say spring. We'll say, if we're saying late spring, okay? What we're talking, like, beginning of May, right? Yep. So, they announced it in February? I mean, they like anything that they announce to feel like it's a surprise birthday party for yeah. their consumers. Like, hey, look yeah, at this thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. I can understand that aspect I, of it. But, but not into, like, technology race of today. It's It, it doesn't really work. You know, they... But is it... My other question, is this scaring Nintendo watching right. Microsoft and Sony kind of do this? Probably. Where we're going to be seeing a new console? Nintendo can't afford that. No. <laughs> where Microsoft and Sony have the... Well, Sony can't really afford it either, but they're doing it anyway. Um, where Microsoft can at least make these chances, Nintendo can't come out with a new console every couple of years. Mm-hmm. Well, it's been we've had a five-year cycle for the, the Wii U. Yeah, which is about a normal cycle anyway. Ah, uh, not in today's market. That that doesn't a normal console cycle has been defined by the Xbox 360 and the PS3 now. But the problem yeah. was that those that actually hurt the video game industry. Holding, that holding yeah, cycle. having that long of a cycle. Uh, I would argue that because what it did, we've the Xbox 360 and the PS3 saw a massive influx for people that were actually playing video games. You could argue that the Wii, or the Wii, attributed to that as well by pulling in people that weren't playing, but Call of Duty, casual games. Well, no, no, no. I'm not saying the Xbox 360 and PS3 in the beginning didn't help produce the video game industry, but there at the tail end, those last couple of years, the video game industry industry was at its worst. Those last couple years, until the Xbox One and PS4 were announced, the video game industry was at an all-time low. But at the same time, you saw record highs for that year for those that generation as well. With like you know, Call of Duty posting 
record numbers year after year after year. You know, and like that's more people playing video games than ever were. Mm-hmm. And you know, Nintendo wasn't really a part of that because of the way they've structured their stuff before. And the question is, have they truly learned? Yeah, learned. Like taking Nintendo seems to think they exist in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. And while you can say that in some cases they do, largely they do not. Yeah. And if they want to be competitive in these marketplaces, like it's it's time to wake up. You know, like you have to be paying attention. Like they probably are scared to answer your yeah. question. They're probably very scared. So, especially with all these like companies now, like if if the NX isn't 4K compatible, Three years from now, the developers that want to make games in 4K that then have to scale them down, well, mm-hmm. it's not super difficult. They're not really going to want to have to tailor their games again to a Nintendo console. Yeah. I so, mean, that's that's constantly the issue with Nintendo is that they always have to have a whole development team made just to, to make game. games for them. Again, and, they're in the back the Wii, The Wii U is, you know, a testament to that failing. Yeah. Like, that cannot be how they do things going forward. Yeah. Like, you can't require that of third parties, and they're... They're not going to do it, you know. Like, and that's you can say your system a success, you know, the Wii was, but there's got to be something else there. Like, you have to have some. Like, you have to be. We're all in the same basketball court here. You have to, and you got to realize that you're not playing horse over there. You're still playing the big game. Um. So to kind of bring this to a close, there's just one more thing I want to bring up about Nintendo. Um, this was this was kind of at the tail end of the week. Um, Nintendo, I think it's Nintendo's website in France. They dropped a little. A, there was a little bit of details that were accidentally leaked to that website. Oh, cool. Um, what was leaked was the amiibo figures for the new Legend of Zelda game. Oh, not that cool. <laughs> Coming okay. out in April seventh. So, we've all speculated that the when the new Legend of Zelda releases, that's when the NX will release too, because it will release simultaneously on both consoles, right? Because and, and it would be smart for Nintendo to do because people who have not picked up a Wii U yet will probably just go to. for the NX, yeah, and it will generate more console sales on our NX like that, right? So, April seventh is when an anticipated possibly release of uh, the new Legend of Zelda game, and if that's the case, like I said, as far as speculatory... So this was based on the, the expected use of these amiibo figures? Yes. Did they, did we, what did, they, did they show these amiibo figures? What did we get about these things? So, the, I, they didn't have any actual pictures. What it was, it was a bit of coding in the actual website that people found. So it was something that they're probably building up to. We may actually be, who knows, at the beginning of the week, maybe Nintendo will say we have a, a Nintendo Direct coming up, and we'll be talking about the NX finally. We'll be talking about the new color 3DS you can buy. <laughs> that like, too. But, it's like space, you know, like all our favorite space games we make, but we're not going to brand it like that. But uh, it'll be interesting to see exactly what happens. I mean, that's that's just a couple of months away. If the NX does come out, that's only a couple weeks from E3. That's, I'm assuming, when Microsoft will actually... Officially unveil Scorpio mm-hmm. as far as what it's going to look like and everything that it's going to be able to do. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what the game community will be like over the next uh, six months or so. Um, so is that April 7th date also the release 
like, have they announced the release date of the new Zelda game yet? They haven't. Okay. So that's so, why a lot of people are like, oh, well, if the Amiibos are coming out around that time, that's got to be, like, why would they release the Amiibos before the actual game? Build hype, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Put it I mean, in your smash true. They for, like, build hype. And- like I said, all of this stuff is just speculation. Like, nobody knows for sure because... They're, Nintendo hasn't specified, yes, this is the date for Legend of Zelda, but I think that's why they're holding back on the date for Legend of Zelda is because that's the date for the NX. So and until they officially announce the NX. Circles on stuff and have things happen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they must... Rash. If they're, if they're waiting on Legend of Zelda to announce the release date for their console, they might also be waiting to be certain that that's the date that they want to publish the game on. Yeah. Because for a lot of development stuff, you don't you can't always pin down a right date, especially when it's a year, six months so, in advance. I didn't, I didn't play at the conference I was at, but I did get to, they, they did have tons of demos there for the new Legend of Zelda. Yeah. I heard it's good. This game is very fine-tuned. Like, I was super surprised. What, what they are had the motion present. controls that I do to flood my bird around? You don't have to do any motion controls this time. Oh, it's not Star Fox. It actually yeah. pretends like it's a bird and knows how to fly. That'd be neat. <laughs> as far as I know, there's no bird you're actually flying. Just a pony. You're just oh. riding a pony. Riding a horse, and the horse knows how to walk. Yep, horse knows how to walk. I don't have to like, motion control its nope. feet, like quap or something. Each individual <laughs> legs. That'd yeah. be so fun, though, actually. Um, Mini games. Talk to horse. But, uh... I, th- I think the game's actually done. I really do think that, that yes. game's done. Mm-hmm. I think they're holding back because they want to make sure, like, let's say this April 7th date's real. They want to make sure it can launch that day. Yeah. They don't want to do Nintendo Direct until they know for sure that the hardware is ready to launch that day. So, and they... <sighs> and with, with that website already putting that stuff on there, that tells me that they're closer to making a decision of... of when it's coming out. Now, they've also changed hands very recently with the death of um, their president, right? Totoro Iwata. Yeah, yeah. Iwata. And um, hopefully, whoever's in charge now or going to be in charge when that releases is, so has been learning. This guy that is running it, he yeah. actually has saved the company. He's the one that, like, he came with the idea for the 3DS. Cool. Okay. He's the reason why he's, that company is still afloat. <laughs> he's got some chops behind him, but he's very much... He still he's has a, a lot of that old Japanese type well, mentality. He's a, uh, he's a placeholder. Like he's not the guy that they want leading. Really? He's the guy. Like he's the. He never wanted to lead. He's their clutch okay. player. Like he's not. He's not. They the talked about him leading before. Like before Iwata. they yeah. talked about him leading before, and he said no. They want somebody that's young that has a face that they could like. Iwata was like appearing on the Nintendo direction and stuff. Like he's very, very likable guy, and he's very difficult to replace. And they, this guy is very much in place, as. You know, he's the guy that is preparing the way for the next guy. He's yeah, he's temporary. He doesn't want to be. He's he's going to return to his old duties, and he's you know he's the caretaker. He's not. Yeah, he's he's just really he is really good at his job. Regent Lord. Yeah, like when they chose him, it didn't surprise me. Like I was actually kind of impressed. Well, the point that I'm getting to (laughs) is that, like, even if Nintendo's console ends up being, you know, all well and good, and the new Legend of Zelda is, you know, spectacular, they've still always had the problem of product shortage. So there's not enough units of the game on the shelves, and there's not enough consoles in the back room to actually sell to people. So my biggest hope, at least for this new console, to be honest, what it is, I hope that they learn from their past mistakes. The Wii U was not hard to get right around Christmas time. The initial launch. It was difficult, as David and I both know, but the when it got closer to Christmas, it was not hard to find a Wii U. Like, you could find them 
everywhere. I'm more talking about like never been hard to find a Wii U. Yeah, and that's been a well, testament to the popularity of that console. Yeah, yeah. But I'm more talking about like Amiibos. Like they've those have always sold. See, like uh, to be honest, DSs, I with something like that. That was a new product that Nintendo really never dealt with. Yeah. I think had if they had the ability to do it over again, it would have done. It would have been done differently. They would have made sure they had enough products to sell. Um, my issue is software. I think they rely too much on reservations. The issue that Nintendo has is that they always expect things will sell, um, and but they still take a look at reservations too highly. Yeah. They need to make sure that they're still producing enough products to take care. Of. Like for the most part, they're big like AAA titles like Mario and Legend of Zelda and stuff like that. Fire Emblem. You never really have a hard time finding them, but like, no, games like Fire no, Emblem... Fire Emblem was hard to find. Like, uh, the, the, last, the last two were not. Awakening, though... Yeah. Bill Castlevania is still like, like Yeah, like, it was almost impossible to find, yeah. By the way, I found some of the Center and Cogger games are super high up in price, like the older ones. Mm-hmm. Nice. They're... Oh, like like hundred like sixty bucks for something. Like a, a new copy, like whoa. Yeah, yeah, it's stupid, ridiculous. But, um, yeah, like the older Castlevania, like they would release, they would ship, you know, like reservations, and then a few more, and like that that was the only run. And so if you didn't get them, like they ended up becoming a collector's item. But I do think Nintendo will be careful about how much product they ship. To be honest with the NX, because of the the same issues they have with the Wii U, they won't want to overproduce because they're worried that the, it won't sell well enough. They'll wait for the initial, like, the initial sales. If they feel as if the initial sales were good enough, then they'll go ahead and make sure that we're, that everybody's provided with enough consoles to sell. But um, but uh, I think that uh, that will bring the podcast to an end today. Okay, um, I'm done. I don't want to talk about video games anymore. <laughs> um, thanks for joining us today, um, being a part of our raid. It was awesome experience for all of us. Um, this was our first one. Yeah, we'll learn from this wipe. We will <laughs> learn <laughs> from this wipe for sure. Um, the, if you want to uh, join us further, um, you can always follow us at uh, NS underscore podcast on Twitter um, or follow us on either of our individual Twitters. Um, thank you again. We'll run down those individual Twitters one more time. Kyle? Uh, I'm at NS podcast underscore Kyle. I'm David. I'm at uh, Grape as a Concept. And I am Hayden, and I am at NS Podcast underscore Hayo. Hey ho, hey ho! I can't remember your own Twitter name. To be fair, I came up with it like ten minutes before we started this. Yeah. So. Good plan, good plan. Yeah, is there, is there? We have an email that you can send questions to if you wish. Yeah, um, that email is yes. Uh, the the email is uh, nerdstormpodcast at gmail Yes, and hopefully in the future we will also have a Reddit page where more people can post even more questions. Yes. And uh, besides that, follow us on Facebook. We have a Facebook. And uh, if you've navigated here, you're probably on our YouTube page. Keep updated with YouTube. Subscribe if you want. Right. Any things like text us with, uh, or not text us, but email us with uh, suggestions for like what you'd like want to see in a possible future stream. Please do. That's it. Yeah. We're learning still. Okay. Bear with us. Bye.